Tonight's episode of Expeditions is brought to you by Elder, the last place you'll look for love forever. There you guys are, on the strip by the beach, everybody's going about their day like normal. The only thing slightly out of the ordinary is the giant crab that Og is devouring piece by piece, and the fact that you cannot leave the area. Taking my head out of the clouds, I walk on over to my, well, new comrades in this endeavor. Well, gentlemen, I'm afraid we have a bit of a situation in which all of reality has condensed into the pearl of space that is this beach. Um, so like, does that mean, um, I don't, wait, what do you mean all of reality? I put a hand on Trevor's shoulder and point out to one of the uh, high rises off in the distance. See that building up there? Yeah? Doesn't exist. Well, then how can I see it? You can see it, but you can't go to it. Yeah, but that would imply that we're stuck in a bubble. And that reality was around us, but we couldn't get to us. Exactly. As far as catastrophic events go, I'd give this one about a five. Out of ten? You count things in tens. Metric is better. Well, the fact of the matter is, we still have our wits about us, and we can move around our limbs. That only makes this a five. Well, okay. So, like, I can't take you to my cool other hideout, man. So, like, sorry about that. Um, but maybe you can use my bungalow to put your cool magic-y stuff in. This one right here, on the beach. Yeah, man. The one we could have gone into the whole time. Well, I mean... This is the second house, so, you know. Well, let's see if the uh, Pearl of Reality permits us to enter inside and not be brought back outside in your van again. Oh, man, that would be super trippy. And I do a barrel roll into the house. Yeah, uh, you've got your little hovel, and it's within eyesight of your van and the Burger Dome. So wait, the Burger Dome's still here? Please roll to investigate a mystery. Oh, that's my best stat. Roll that there. Well, five and a two is a seven. And my plus two makes that a nine. So I get you a hold one. So I'm going to use my hold to ask what happened here. Well, your little hut here is about 100 feet from the parking lot, and on the other side, about 100 feet away from the burger joint. Were they always that close? They were not. Not even close. So somehow, the landscape is being rearranged. Um, being implies that it's happening now. 
so I can see it happen? Or, um, has been? Nothing is changing as you watch, but you're pretty sure this wasn't how it was, I don't know, maybe even five minutes ago, ten minutes ago. Oh. Okay. Um. Hey, dudes. I, like, totally wanted to see if the burger bar was here, and then boom, the burger bar was here. Um. I tried that with my house, and it didn't work with my house. Wait, no, we tried to go to my house. Is my house nearby? And I go run out to the street and see if my house is across the street. You do not see your house. Ah, I was hoping that was going to work. Um, so I don't know, man. I'm really tripped up. Because, like, burger joint's nearby, and it wasn't. But now it is. Is the crab still out there? The crab has mostly been broken down into barbecue at this point. With Og serving people who are lining up. Apparently, he's known as a fairly talented chef. He's wearing an apron that says, what does it say? It says, I'm a fantastic cook. You got it, and you get an experience point. He's also got a little chef hat on that is ludicrously undersized for his massive shark head. And he's working with a very fancy gas grill. Well, cool, man. I was just kind of checking to make sure it didn't like disappear, because, you know, if the landscape's changing... You know, trying to keep track of things. Um, so Izzy, can you just magic this away? Within my personal experience, whenever reality seems to be compressing around a singular location, or perhaps the people inside of it, it bears merit to try investigating and seeing what's causing this to happen. Though I would be remiss not to continue to point out that I need to take a look at you, because you yourself, have been subject to extra-dimensional travel and other such anomalous afflictions that could potentially be causing all of this nonsense. Wait, I thought you were a magician, not a doctor. Yeah, let's not try to put something into a singular role. In other so- words, Trevor, he's waiting for his application to St. Mungo's to come back. Oh, I get it. It's more a matter of there's no real institution with official paperwork for this kind of thing. You're either known in the circle, or you're not. I happen to be. But what if I'm not in the circle? How would I know? You don't. Well, then what good does that do me? Well, someone was keeping tabs on you, so you're gonna be okay. Now, step inside of this seven-starred circle I'm about to draw at your feet. And I, uh, begin to take out some ungents and begin to draw a seven-starred circle around Trevor and begin to use my magical prowess to examine and see if he... and see if Trevor is affected by something that might be related to our current predicament. Roll to investigate a mystery. I mean, unless there's a specific use magic option you're trying to use. There isn't. Let's see. A six and a two is an eight, plus my sharp of one, 
results in a nine. Nine gets you a hold one. I'm going to look for if there's any dangers we haven't noticed. Because I would consider some extra transdimensional nonsense as a very much danger. So, you're going over Trevor. <clears throat> so, you're using your magic to inspect Trevor and make sure he's anchored to this reality and that he's not and that he's not causing any sort of hemorrhaging or bleed. And it appears as though he has been unaffected by the dimensional travel he has undertaken. That said, <coughs> when you see typically a reality warp of this kind would have some kind of central stabilizing element. And you're certain it isn't Trevor. Well, the good news is that, for some reason, you've managed to escape your extra-dimensional event without further incident. The bad news is that that means you're not the anchoring problem, and so I don't know what is yet. I mean, Gentlemen, kudos to I you. Might... <clears throat> ah! I, might... I forgot you were here! That happens far too often, Trevor. If I might make a suggestion, it would appear as though there is a central limit to where we can move. If we could plot out the exact dimensions of this bubble, we might start investigating at the center and working our way out. At least that would give us a direction to begin with. Well, we could use the burger joint and my hut and a third location to triangulate the center of this sphere. And I start doing that. Okay, give us a roll to investigate a mystery. Ah. Well, a five and a six is an 11, and my plus two makes it a 13. You get two questions. What do you got with your two questions? Well, what is being concealed here? With your efforts to triangulate, you're all spreading out and you're measuring things and walking as far as you can and seeing when you kind of bump into each other, wrapping around. You're pretty sure the central area is where you fought the giant crab. I knew there was something weird about that crab. Well, it seemed to me that oversized sea creatures were just part of your uh, everyday life around here. Well, I guess when you take Og into consideration. Um, so what do you think, guys? Do you want to investigate the crab? Or dig where the crab was to see if it was underneath? Well, the crab certainly emerged from what appears to be the center of the anomaly, so it may be worth our while to begin digging again, Trevor. Well, I think this time we should use shovels. Probably a better bet. Capital idea. Let's see if there are any shovels on this one street lock. You wander around for a bit, but you don't stumble across any shovels bigger than... A child's plastic toy. Huh. 
Now there's something that we can look for. When the large crab first appeared, if I recall correctly, it was very close to the small child that you had tried to rescue. Where did that child go? Um, well, after we slid off the crab, I ran him off to the side over by the sign where he came to ask for help. And he's like, here, take my bucket. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I put the bucket on my head. And then I ran into battle. And everything gets hazy from there. Well, don't think too hard about it. I need you here in the present if we're to get ourselves out of this. Well, um, you know, after that, you shot its claw with the ice bolt, and then the ice bolt broke the claw, and the claw fell to the ground and shattered and hurt you a little bit. And then, you know, Father O'Malley came over and hit it with his sword and stabbed it really hard, and it was like, ah, and then he was like, ha. Huh. And then I was like, ah, and I attacked it, and it was like, no. So it threw me across the water, and after it threw me across the water, you were like, ah, with the rice again. And then, like, its leg got hurt. And then after that, you were too far away to get hurt. And then Father O'Malley came over and was like, rah, with his sword. And then, boom, it died. And and I ate it. And then after that, you were like, I need somewhere to go to talk to you about really private things. And I was like, all right, cool. Hop in the van. You were like, all right, cool. I'm a stranger and I'm going to hop in somebody else's van. And we got all out in the van and, you know, we went in a circle and got to the hut. We went in a circle and got in a hut. Went in a circle, got in a hut. And, uh, and you know, you were like, hey, I'm going to do experiments on you. And then you did experiments on me. And then, you know, you, you, you know, I, I, it's hazy, man. I don't know. My goodness, with an attitude like that, how are you not a court stenographer? Trevor, as helpful and entertaining as your non-stop talking recap was, it might just be easier for us to commence digging with any tools we have at hand so that perhaps at some point we can leave this pocket dimension, at which point I will begin to sift through the sand by hand. Well, when you get to the beach where the giant crab is, there are dozens of people sitting at picnic tables. There's balloons and a clown and a small little party, a beach party going on next to the giant crab. Og is cooking things up and serving people who come through. There's a line about 20 people deep. And right next to the giant crab is the hole in the ground that it came out of. How deep does the hole appear to be? Well, it's kind of like a 10 foot deep hole of loose sand. So it's it's deeper than I am tall. Yes. Alright. I am going to jog back to Trevor's van and flip up the the thing on the floor to get to the storage space and retrieve a rope. And then once I get back over there, I'm going to ask Trevor to hold the rope. Trevor, hold this rope. While I, I just climb. want to confirm the rope is 100% hemp, correct? Oh, absolutely. Naturally. Trevor, hold this rope uh, and act as my counterweight while I climb into this hole. Okay. And I tie the rope around my waist. All right, now hold it. And then as soon as he's in a position to act as a counterbalance, I will begin to climb down the rope. 
it's kind of hard to climb down because it's basically like a cone-shaped indentation of loose, dry sand. So there's not much to really grab onto. That's what the rope is for. But you do get to the bottom. If I reach the bottom, I'm going to just begin to try and diffuse the sand out from the center, see if I can reach hard pack. So you start digging and digging and digging, and you get a few more feet deep, and it's still loose, dry sand. Trevor, I'm beginning to think that this might go significantly deeper than the rope is long. Um, yeah, come on up real quick, because, uh, and when he gets to the top, I'm like, I think the crab is the center, was how the math worked out, so I guess it's the holes off to the side that's just not close enough? Your math isn't exact. I mean... Would you let the professors hear that? You've you've got a rough. Well, it's hard to to measure when you're not exactly sure where the bounds of reality end. But it's probably within like a hundred feet of this of of this area. Okay. Well, after conversing with um, the voice that talks to me sometimes, uh, I've learned it's not the crab, but it's nearby. So. I'm not going to search the crab now. I mean, it could be the crab. You don't know. Oh, but I know now. It could be. A, you're just not sure it's the hole because, well, this hole, you've been digging sand now for a little while and you're about 15 feet deep and you haven't hit anything other than sand. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Did I drop the bucket nearby by chance or am I still wearing it that broke? Plastic bucket. You're still wearing it, if you like. Ha ha! I take it off and examine it. Is it's it? It's a broken plastic bucket. Ah, No cool sigils or, like, runes? It's got something stamped in the bottom. I examine closely. It says something in gibberish. Hey, Izzy, come read this! I make my way over, coming away from the festivities, where I now have a cozy drink in my hand. And what are you drinking? Well, it's not my favorite, but it was the only alcoholic beverage they had on tap. What seems to be the hubbub. There's something on the bottom here that I can't read. And I thought you could. And I hand it to him. I'll give it the once over. It looks like kind of squiggles and gibberish, and you're not sure what to make of it. I... Take a big sip, finishing off the drink, chuck the glass boat behind my shoulder, and remove one of my uh, instruments from my bag and begin to closely roll to read a bad situation. Hmm. A six plus my sharp of one makes for a seven. Gives you a hold one. What's the biggest threat? Well, it's kind of roundabout, but you notice that the label on the bottle of beer you're drinking is also illegible. Do you have an observation, sir? 
Humble father, do me a quick favor and recite the ABCs for about five or six letters. A, B, C, D, E, F. Shall I continue? And I show him both the bottle and the bucket. I don't suppose that you are not seeing any of those letters we're familiar with on these. And, taking a long, hard look at both the beer bottle and the bucket, and recognizing that I do not know any of the symbols on the bottom or the label, my natural instinct will be to reach up, grab a hold of my cheek, and pinch myself. It hurts. Hey folks, welcome to the middle of the episode. Hooray! We've made it to episode 35! This is just your uh, usual mid-episode reminder from us here at the Avril Theater Presents Expeditions of the Extra Normal that we love you, we appreciate you being here, and you can check our podcast out anywhere you can get your favorite podcast, whether that be on Spotify or Google Play or Podbean. Anywhere there's great podcasts, we're there. And share with your friends. To help with that sharing, we are now going to do this thing where we're going to give credit to fans who write in and say nice stuff to us on the air. You ready? Ooh. So. Fan names. So, fan of the show Liz says, I need Trevor Ebbs to regularly recap my life. Well, boy, recapping things is really hard. But I'll tell you what. Give me something to recap, and I'll give it a shot. And now, back to the show. Well, gentlemen, I can say that pinch hurt, so my theory that this might all be a dream is sadly untrue. Since we weren't seeming to get any further in this hole, perhaps we should inspect the corpse of the crab or what remains of it after Og has prepped food. And then I will go over to the crab and start examining its various body parts and orifices. Og smiles as he sees you coming over. Want crab? And he holds a plate of roasted crab meat to you. It smells delicious, my son, and you are quite the cook, but uh, I'm afraid I'm in the middle of an investigation right now. Do save me some, though. I'll be happy to have some later. Don't mind if I do, my good man, and I take the plate out of Og's hand. And rather than eat it, I also uh, begin to poke and prod and try to see if there's anything iffy about it. Okay. It looks like crab meat. It's well-roasted. It's well-seasoned. There's a little bit of a fancy side dish made out of kelp, it looks like. There's some dipping sauce. You're not sure what it is. There's some melted butter. I go and I find a uh, mostly vacant uh, outdoor table and begin to set some instruments up and begin to magically examine and see if there is anything abnormal about the crab meat other than the ridiculous size of its point of origin. Okay. I would like to do something beyond human limitations and increase the power of my eyesight that I'm able to, just with a glance, be able to tell if something is off. 
roll to use magic. Ah, <laughs> uh, you gotta love your first snake eyes. Okay, then. Well, this is a good time to talk about some of my advanced moves. One of which is... Could have been worse. In which, when I miss a use magic roll, instead of losing control, it can either fizzle out and I lose my preparations and materials for the attempt of the spell and I've got to start over with twice as much time. Or it would really suck. And I can have all the glitches but one of my choice get to happen. In this case, I believe the spell has, in fact, fizzled. And I'm stuck here with a bunch of crab meat that's slowly getting colder with each passing second of futility. You can actually feel the futility emanating from the crab meat. You've woven your magic, you've set up your... What sort of implements are you using? Hilariously enough, there is a tuning fork involved, but I'm not using it for consumption. There's also a uh, small, pressed, flat piece of metal with a Nordic rune, Old Norse, as well as a small glass bead with what seems to be cat's eye. So you ring your tuning fork, and the magical emanations that pass through the crab are slightly at the wrong frequency, and they just, instead of... Of, of reaching the meat and providing you with further information. It passes through the crab, bringing the heat with it. And you now have a plate of crab that is 10 degrees colder than the air around it. <sighs> I look around for the uh, nearest dog in the area of the park, and... You don't see any dogs. Oh, well, I'm sure something's going to eat it eventually. And I just tip the iron plate over and just have it fall right on the sand. Father O'Malley. Yes, my son. You are at the increasingly hollowed out husk of the giant crab. Let's begin there. You would say that there are, what, 15, 20 people in attendance at this cookout? No, there were 15 to 20 people in line. So if there are 15 to 20 people in line, and there are at least that many people already sat eating, correct? It's closer to 70 or 80 people. All right, so 70 or 80 people. And I know that this was a rather large crab. I, I understand that. But does it seem like the proper proportional amount of meat has been removed from this crab in order to feed... The roughly 50 people who have already taken food? This crab is absolutely enormous. So you're certain it could feed far, far more people than are here. It's hard to tell if it's the right amount has been removed because you've never really dealt with a crab this huge before. And... There was a period at the beginning where Og was just stuffing his face, and you're not sure you've ever seen him full. But 
you would guess that it is either the right amount or more than the right amount that has been removed. All right, looking at what remains of the crab's meat, I'm just going to uh, check it for generalized decay from the heat to see if it's reacting the way I would assume that crab meat would would work. Uh, I don't have any magic to use, but I'm just trying to notice any uh, any obvious discrepancies between expectations and uh, what is presented before me. Roll to investigate a mystery. Okay. Well, a six and a six is a twelve. Plus my sharp of, I think it's one. Yep, is a thirteen. So that'll give you a Two questions. Let's start with what was it going to do? This crab didn't seem to have any sort of motivation. It basically jumped up out of the sand and thrashed around while you fought it. It was maybe going to shovel some people into its mouth because that's what crabs do. But there wasn't anything particularly interesting about what it was going to do or or what its motivations might have been. It's almost like it was just a natural wild animal. And what is being concealed here? As best you can tell, the only thing unnatural about this crab is the size. There's no mutations, there's no signs of intelligence, there's no unusual behavior. It was just a big, meaty, delicious crab. Interesting. If anything, the most unusual thing about this crab is how perfect it is for cooking. Trevor. What's up, man? Did you happen to notice, I know there was a lot of chaos uh, in our confrontation with this beast, but did you happen to notice what happened to the young man who first brought you out to this spot? Um, you mean the kid? Yes, Trevor, the boy, the kid. I, I told Izzy a little while ago, I after in the battle, I ran him off to the side and I was like, here, stay here. And he was like, here, take my bucket. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I put the bucket on my head. Then I ran back to the battle and we started fighting and, you know. Um, no, that's the end of it. I think, uh, maybe the beginning of it, do you see the boy here now? And I look around. The little boy is sitting at the kids' table, eating with several of his friends. Cool, man. I take the bucket over to him. Hey, man, here's your bucket. Sorry about your crab. Yeah, it's my bucket. You brought me back my bucket. Oh, it's still broken. Yeah, sorry, man. Hey, this is my good friend, Father O'Malley. He had some questions. Hello, my son. How are you today? You're not my dad. No, no, I'm sorry. I, as a, as a man of the cloth, we refer to all of God's children as sons and daughters. I, I understand your confusion. Uh, you made of cloth? No, no, I'm, uh, 
I'm a priest. I I am a. I th- I saw you on the news. You did. Priests are bad. No, <laughs> well, it is true that several members of my order are, let's say, lacking in their commitment to their faith and have made... You guys don't pay taxes. And my daddy says that that's not good. It is true that the church is tax-exempt. However, most of our most of our funding is done internally. However, son, I, I have a few simple questions for you, if you don't mind answering. Do you like crab? Were you were you excited when this barbecue sprung up? Crab is good. And did you see a crab before you came to ask Trevor for help? Yeah, there was a crab in my bucket. I see. And then the crab broke my bucket. Well, that was unfortunate, surely. And uh, do you like it here at the beach? Well, it's nice here at the beach. Yeah, if you could stay at the beach all day, would you? Oh, yeah, it's fun. And now, son, uh, you were speaking about your your father, and uh, is your father or your mother here currently? My mommy's over there. Oh, yes, which one is she? She's the one in the blue bathing suit. Okay, and... The pretty one. One last question, son. What is your name? My name is Gary. Gary. My name is Gary. Well, it's very nice to meet you, son. I I hope that uh, you continue to have um, a wonderful childhood. Can you fix my bucket? I'm afraid, son, that the the plastic is snapped. Uh, Unfortunately, I think the easiest way to fix it would be simply to get a new one. Okay. And then I rise up and dust my knees off after kneeling down to talk to the young man. And I look at my young ward, Trevor Ebbs. All right, Ebbs. uh, I have a few things I think that we should ask Gary's mother just to see if the pieces kind of line up. Cool, man. And we head over to the girl that Gary pointed to. And you find Gary's mother. She's having a... Crab burger. Hello, ma'am. Uh, my name is Father Donald O'Malley. My constituent here is Trevor Ebbs of the Ebbs and Flow Detective Agency. There are some strange things happening, as you can clearly see by the source of your meal. Uh, I just had a couple of questions for you. Sure. Um, you have a young son named Gary? Yeah, he's sitting right over there. With his uh, favorite bucket. Yes, he's he's quite a a wonderful young man. I just was curious. Have you noticed anything strange happening around him lately? No, there's nothing strange happening at all. She takes another bite of her crab burger. You don't find anything strange about the large crustacean that appeared on the beach? It's a great time for a beach party. Yes. But you haven't noticed any of his flights of fancy coming to life 
unexpected situations arising that might be beneficial for a child of his age. I mean, these this beach party's been really fun, and I, I guess it's something a little kid would really like. But nothing before this. No. And no odd behavior, acting up. Well, he gets really sad when he doesn't have his bucket. It's understandable. Uh, we do grow affectionate of certain possessions in our life. All right, well... But this is the best beach party ever, wouldn't you say? You know, in the last six months, I've attended more beach parties than I have probably in my entire life, and given the relative ease with which the large crustacean was defeated, and the fact that no surfers were devoured by a shark man who I would later befriend, this may well be the best beach party I have ever attended. You're forgetting about the release of Ocean Potion. Oh no, I remember that. I seem to recall it involved the surf police. And the regular police. And a confrontation with Sir Boars. And for some reason, Osmond disguised as a bush. Yeah, man. Really exciting. Personally, I find the fairest to be on the beach a, a rather significant bore. As far as this all goes, it's certainly one of the better ones. Especially with you here, ma'am. How sweet of you. Well, I thank you for your time, ma'am. Uh, unfortunately, my associates and I have... Uh, and I don't say this lightly. Bigger fish to fry. And then I usher both Izzy and Ebbs uh, away from the mother and the crowd. It's a regular riot over for the Sunday sermons. That joke usually kills. Hey, so how come we were asking questions to the lady and the kid? It occurred to me that if the child had some sway over reality, that there would possibly be a perfect alignment of causality, that the child would want to spend the whole day at the beach and not be able to leave, that perhaps if he was a big fan of crab, he could have a delicious crab dinner. Also that perhaps um, the crab that may have been involved in uh, destroying his favorite bucket could become a larger-than-life entity that would need to be slain for its intransigence. Wow, that's a lot! And you thought of all those big words all on your own. Color me impressed. Yes, I understand that we have a slightly different vocabulary at seminary as you do at Hogwarts, but I'm glad you were able to keep up. I'm glad you were able to keep up with the child who was ridiculing your entire institution. Children are unfortunate uh, parrots for the information from both their parents and the television and, regrettably, I have to say that there is obviously some truth to the many speculations that have and accusations that have come forth against members of my order. Well, I mean, you could just pay your taxes and prevent little problems like that from happening. Um, so, like, I guess what you're getting at is you thought the kid is the reason for the bubble and the crab, 
because he might have wanted that to happen. I thought it was a possibility, yes. So the kid is the singularity and all this extra-dimensional stuff that's happening around us, yet somehow not affecting us in particular. Wait, do you just have to touch the extra-dimensional being or talk to it or come in contact with it or perhaps take a bite out of it? Frankly, you're the first person to have actually escaped from something like that without any kind of after-effect. I have to set up a standard now. Um, well, Og was there. I mean, he didn't come with us to the other dimensions, but, you know. Hey, Og, come here, bro. Og jogs over. Og help? Yeah, man. Og help. Hey, have you been feeling okay lately? Og good. Good, good man. Og. Yeah. Hey, can my wizard friend do some, some spells real quick and check something? Can you just, like, stand here for a minute and, you know, just wait? Hogwarts wizard? I think so. I'm not the kind in your storybooks, kiddo. Well, go ahead, man. Check them out. I go back into my suitcase and retrieve the kind of greenish ungents that I was using earlier to kind of smear onto the general area of the sand, the seven-pointed star circle. And I begin to magically see if there's anything wrong with him. Stretching from the extra-dimensional entity that he had come into contact with. Okay. World to investigate a mystery. A six and a one is a seven. Plus my sharp of one becomes an eight. And gives you a hold one. What is being concealed here? As you are beginning your magic and channeling your energy into the seven-pointed star. A noise catches you off guard. And you look up to see a large seagull fly down and drop a letter into Og's hands. Delivery service like that and they don't ask for a tip. Huh. Og opens the letter. There are very crudely drawn script on the front. O-G-G. As he opens it up to show more of the gibberish that you have been unable to read, he smiles. Og wizard. Og go to wizard school. 